Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? All right, so since it, it's um, Super Bowl Sunday, it's next Sunday, right? So I can tell you what the teams are doing right now. Um, they're, they're, they've practiced, what they, that they do, they give two weeks in between the championship games and the, uh, and the Super Bowl so that teams have adequate time to prepare for the biggest game of the season. And a, one of the big parts of getting ready for a football game, or any game for that matter, is what we call a scouting report. You guys know what a scouting report is? You don't know what a scouting report is? Okay, good, let me tell you. I'm glad, you, I'm glad someone was brave enough to say no, because half these people are saying yes, and they don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> a scouting report is, is when we as coaches, we study our enemy. I, it's another team, but to me, it's an enemy, all right? To you guys, it's an enemy, all right? The, the scouting report is, is a report that talks about the, the tendencies and the tactics and, and all the different things that a, that a team uses, you know, some of the techniques that they use. And so what they're doing right now, what, what, what New England and what Philadelphia are doing, they're studying each other. What did Philadelphia do in week three when they were in this situation? What did New England do in week 12 when they were in this situation? And they studied their techniques and their tactics, and they studied these things over and over. So when they get into battle, they know what the enemy is going to do to them, so they're able to attack the enemy, all right? They're able to attack the enemy because they know how they're going to respond. They know what they're going to do. We spend a tremendous amount of time, not only on our scouting reports for our players, but we also spend a lot of time on what we call self-scout. Self-scout means you scout yourself as if you were going to play yourself so that you can see your tendencies, your weaknesses, your tactics, your techniques. What do you do so that you know how to respond in these situations? So what we want to do today and it has a sort of a football-y theme. I guess that, I don't know why we would do that, but... We're going to have, we're going to take a, we're going to look at, a, we're going to take a scouting report on our enemy. Our enemy. Our enemy. Who's our enemy? The devil. And we're going to look at this famous passage. Everybody knows the passage of David and Goliath. Everybody knows that story. Everybody knows that account of what happened. We're going to study. We're going to look at that. And in that, we're going to see how the enemy tries to do, well, his, his tactics, his techniques, you know, his tendencies and how he tries to attack us. All right. And if we study and if we listen well enough and if we get what he's trying, you know, we have a good scouting report on the enemy. Now we do this so that now not that we can only defend ourselves, but more importantly, so that we can actually attack him. If I know how you're going to react to something, I'm going to prepare a good plan so that I can attack you. As Christians, we don't need to be on the defensive all the time. We need to be on the attack. You guys understand that? You guys get that? Y'all awake, right? Okay, good. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to, if, if we look back throughout history, we'll see, y'all remember Joshua and Caleb? What did they do? They went into the land, right? They went into the promised land, and they brought back Moses a what? A scouting report. Hey, listen up, man. This is what they do every Thursday. They go down to the bar and they hang out every Friday, do whatever they do, right? He just gave them, they gave them a total scouting report. Yeah, they're big, but we could take them. 
Is the land full of me? The land is ripe for the picking. The land is perfect. It's exactly the way God described it. Let's go get it. He gave them a scouting report. When, 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 they sent the two, when Joshua sent the two spies into Jericho, he wanted a what? A scouting report. What is Jericho like? What are the walls like? How are the defenses set up? What's going on here? So we know how to attack our enemy. And so now what we want to do, we want to look at the, we want to look at the enemy and have a scouting report on him. And we're going to use the, uh, David and Goliath to talk about it. So now what I'm going to do, I'm going to read a few verses out of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's just a few verses, but it'll give us the picture of what's going on. You guys get it, and then we'll go from there. So let's go. It said, uh, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. Keep going. If, it, if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. On hearing this, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now, I read a bunch of different verses, but that right there contained everything we need to know about our enemy. You guys are looking at me like, what are you talking about? All right, so let's go step by step. Let's go step by step. The first thing I want to talk about when it comes to what the enemy does to us or what he tries to do to us is that he will misidentify you. Now, all the words today are going to start with the letter I, except for this one, okay? He will identify, but he won't just identify you. He will misidentify you. All right. When I so, this is a misidentification. Hello, Derwin. How are you, Derwin? Derwin Gray, pastor of Hillside. How are you? <laughs> is there some misidentification going on here? Right. I mean, hey, Derwin, how you doing, bud? <laughs> Everything's all right. Misidentify. And that's what the enemy wants to tell us, that you're Derwin. Now, there's nothing wrong with being Derwin. I'm sure it's pretty cool to be Derwin, right? You're a good-looking man. Oh, man. <laughs> Misidentification. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. So let's look at this. Let's look at how, let's look at how the, the, the enemy misidentifies us. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? You see that phrase, servants of Saul? He's trying to say, hey, you're a servant of Saul, aren't you? Aren't you? Don't you serve that cowardly king? Don't you serve the guy who I've defi- I've been coming here twice a day for 40 days. And he stood up. The Bible says that they, they would line up for battle like they're ready to fight. Goliath would come out, scream, this, scream these few words, and they would run away. Saul included. Matter of fact, Saul is the biggest chicken of them all because he's the king. He's supposed to be the one that stands up for you. 
Don't you serve him? You see how the enemy does? Aren't you a drug addict? Weren't you on drugs? Weren't you out there doing this and that? Aren't you an alcoholic? Don't you struggle with this? And, don't you struggle with pornography? Isn't that you? Sally's always trying to misidentify you. To try to say, aren't you something that you really aren't? You guys get where I'm coming from? All right, let's look at this. Go to the next one, please. Aren't you poor? You're the drug addict, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're the single mother. Oh, no, you're the divorced couple, aren't you? Aren't you still struggling with this? Lincoln, I know you're still struggling with this. You're battling this. That's you, right? Don't you serve the cowardly king who I've been punking for the last 40 days, twice a day? Don't you serve him? The enemy's always trying to remind you of the garbage that God has set you free from. He's always trying to put something over you that doesn't belong over you. You guys get where I'm coming from? You see what the enemy does? But that's not what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? Say it with some oomph, y'all. I mean, are you a new creation? If anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is? New Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm not that same guy anymore, Link. I'm not that same guy anymore. As much as you try to keep trying to attach me to my past, I'm not that guy anymore. I am a new creation. New creation. Don't you identify me. I'm not a Derwin. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Don't, man, don't ever call me Derwin again. Don't misidentify. I know who I am, and it's not Derwin. My name is? Michael. Say it with some, mm, brother. My name is? Michael. Amen. So when somebody calls you Derwin, you be like, whoa, 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 I'm not Michael. No, I'm Michael, man. What are you talking about? You dare call me Derwin. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with Derwin or anything. <laughs> I love your pastor. It says this in Colossians chapter 3. Since you know that we will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Am I serving Saul? Am I serving the, the, the cowardly king? Who am I serving? Who are you serving? Who are you serving? I like the way... Listen, as we read the Bible, guys, we got to make sure we pay attention to the words and we got to pay attention clearly to what it's saying. It says, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Now, of all the names that Paul could have put there for Jesus, he chose these two, the Lord Christ. Why? Why? Lord, what does Lord imply? I'm in charge of everything. When you're the Lord of something, you're the Lord of everything. Jesus is the Lord of everything. Even you, Goliath. Even you, devil. I am the Lord over that. And then he puts the word what behind it? What's the word he puts behind the Lord? Christ. Why is that significant? Christ means this. Christ is the anointed one. 
the one, the long awaited one, the one we've been waiting for way back in Genesis chapter three. When God says, all right, Satan, I'm coming after you and I'm coming, I'm sending the anointed one to come and get you. He's going to crush your head. That's the one I'm talking about. You see the identification? It's not just Jesus coming. No, 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 no. It is the Lord Christ who's coming. That's who I serve. You guys get that? That's important, huh? Of all the names he could have used for Jesus, he used these two. That's important because it's, it's, it's reflecting what and who he is. We want to make sure we are identified properly. So you and me, we are servants of the Lord Christ. When the enemy wants to come and misidentify you and screw with your head, remind him you are a servant of the Lord Christ. You get that, right? Make sense? Amen? All right. The next tactic that the enemy will use is this. He will try to misidentify you and he will try to isolate you. He'll try to isolate you. He'll try to get you one-on-one. All right, here we go. Let's, let's take a look at it. Let's take a look. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of the Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not servants of Saul? Then he says this, choose how many men? One. Choose a man, one man, and have him come down to me. The enemy is always trying to isolate us. He's trying to get us one-on-one. He knows that there's strength when you have your brothers and your sisters behind you. He knows that you have people praying for you and leading you and helping you, but he doesn't want that. He wants to get you by yourself, just like you are by yourself right now, Link. It's not, it, I mean, you so, it's not even second row. <laughs> Is there something wrong, bro? I mean, what's going on? When do we, as Christians, or as people in general, when do we get ourselves in the most trouble when we're alone? When do you have your hardest battles when you are alone? That's why the enemy likes to get you at night by yourself, in the bed by yourself. He wants to work you over then. He wants to get you, once your husband leaves and goes to work, yeah, I'm coming after you now. When do the doubts and all the garbage begin to flow through your head when you are alone? The enemy is always trying to isolate you. You ever watch, y'all watch National Geographic and all that? You ever see the lion or the pride of lions or whatever, and they're hanging out and looking for the antelope or whatever that is? They don't just attack them all. They wait for that one little antelope to not pay attention. The rest of the herd is going this way, and he goes this way. He's like, hey, what's going on? That's a nice looking cloud. And all of a sudden, he's by himself. And what happens? The animal, the, the lion gets him. That is what the enemy does to us. He's trying to isolate you from the pack. Let me tell you, let me warn you of something. Isolation is dangerous. Don't think, hey, I'm a big, strong man. I'm a man of God. I can do this. Man, you need your brothers, man. You need your sisters. You need each other. Don't ever say, I can do this by myself. We weren't created to do this by ourselves. We are part of the body of Christ. All right? 
Isolation is dangerous. In football, we love isolation. We call, there's a guy that we call the pigeon. We study, like defensively, we study the offensive line and we find the weakest offensive lineman. We call him the pigeon. Hey, buddy, you're the weakest one. We're coming after you all day. That's what the enemy does. He's right now looking at this congregation of people looking for the pigeon. How can I bring Hillside down? Oh, I'm going to pick the weakest one. And I'm coming after him. You guys understand that? I got to warn us of something. If there's a person who's been coming to this church or you've been, been a friend of yours and you've been hanging out with them and all of, they've been coming to church and they've been sort of growing, then all of a sudden they stop coming. Be careful. Because the enemy is trying to isolate them. And it could be anything. Oh, it's raining this morning. Don't go to church this morning. Don't go this morning. It's, look how cold and nasty it is outside. How about this? Just wait till the springtime when it's nice and you can start coming to church again. He's trying to slowly do what? Isolate him. So if there's a person in your mind, if there's a person God has placed in your heart, you know what? I haven't seen such and such in a couple of weeks. Please call them. Please go over to their house and find them. Please. Because the enemy is trying to do what? Isolate them. Y'all know what I'm talking about, too. All it takes is one Saturday evening. All you got to do on Saturday evening, even on Friday, God, who, who, who haven't I seen in a long time? What's going on here? Oh, okay, yes, uh, Joan or Billy or whoever. You know what? I haven't seen them in a couple of weeks. Let me call them and find out if they're okay. Billy, are you okay? Man, nah, man, it's rough. Mm. Okay, let's talk about isolation one last time. Do you know, nah, y'all married, right? How long y'all been married? A year and a half. Year and a half. Ooh, fresh. Listen up, man. <laughs> Do you know that silence is a form of isolation? It is. You can be together and be isolated. Okay, let's look at it. You know, he, he believes me, but he got that look. <laughs> this goes back to Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve are in the garden. Here comes this snake. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took and ate some. It took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. We always have this image of Satan sneaking up to Eve as a snake and talking to her and she's by herself. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that Adam was right there with her. And then he ate some. Okay. I'm just give you a lesson real quick since you've only been married a, a year and a half. If some dude came up to your wife and started slick-talking your wife, what would you do? You wouldn't? No, 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 no. He said he wouldn't be very happy. Stop, man. If some dude comes walking up to your wife, want to slick-talk you, hey, sweetheart, how you doing, baby? What's going on? Man, if you don't punch that dude so fast in his face, you understand? Listen, man, you're Adam. 
all right? Your silence is isolation to her. You got to step up to the plate. Listen, you named all the animals. All the animals, God said, all the animals passed before him. And he named them all. You didn't, you didn't name a talking snake, did you? <laughs> so when a snake comes to talk to your wife, there's an issue, man. <laughs> is there not? When was the last time you saw a snake talk? Exactly. There's an issue. You need to step up to the place. And, whoa, 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 whoa. Who are you talking to? This is my wife. No, no, that's not what the Lord God said. God said this. <laughs> Would things be different if Adam just stepped up to the plate? But you see how even at the beginning, the enemy did what? Isolated her. You see how he didn't even talk to Adam? He only talked to her, even though he's right there. He's talking to her. Isolation. Just because you got your arm around her, make sure she's not isolated. Make sure he's not isolated. He comes home. He wants to talk. He wants to do whatever, and you give him one of these. isolation. You guys get what I'm talking about, right? This is making sense, right? We're getting a scouting report. We see what the enemy does, and it's in black and white. We see it. Y'all get it? It says this in Hebrews chapter 10. Let us consider how to simulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together. Man, get together next week. Watch the Super Bowl, man. Get together. Alpha, do it. Small groups and things like that, do it. You got to be together. Somebody needs to sit up here. I, I sit with you, man. Don't worry about it, man. I preach from right here. I got you, man. I don't think they don't do that, but it's okay. You know I'm here in spirit. All right, good, good. Do you know... Jesus, he modeled this perfectly. You know Jesus belonged to a small group? He needed a small group. This congregation is awesome. It's good having this big audience right here. But then when you go home, you need to hang out with your girls. You need to discuss the word of God with your partners right here. You, you, he, hey, y'all cool, right? I like these three, three musketeers right here. I can see one, two, three. Y'all ready to roll. Jesus had the same thing. He had his disciples. He had the 12. But then when he really got down to the nitty gritty, he said, all right, the rest of y'all can go. I need, my, I need my small group. Go. Next one. This is in Gethsemane. Right when he was about to get arrested and then tried and then hung on a cross. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And began to be grieved and distressed. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain and keep watch with me. Even Jesus himself had a small group. The 12 was nice, but I need my three. The people I can call on any, you can call her any time of day. You can call her at two in the morning and say, girl, I need you to pray for me right now. You understand? And she won't look at you like, it's two in the morning, girl, please. You know what I mean? No. I need this. What Durin preached about on Sunday, let's talk about that. I'm coming over your house. I'm bringing the tea. You bring the cookies. Let's get this in. You guys get that, right? Men, it's the same thing. Don't sit up here and think I'm the man like that. No, that's isolation. And we'll be defeated. You guys get that? Amen? Last but not least. 
Not only will he try to misidentify you, not only will he try to isolate you, he'll instigate. He's an instigator. He stirs it up. He stirs it up. And until you stop it, he's going to come and stir it up any and every opportunity he gets. It says this. The Philistine came forward morning and evening for 40 days he took his stance. 80 times he did this. 80. 80. He came out, talked trash, and went away 80 times. Tell you something. The enemy, if he comes, if a thief saw your window open in your house, and he came in, and he comes into your house, and he steals something, and he goes away, and then the next day he's walking past your house, and he still sees that window open, what is he going to do? He's going to come back, and he's going to steal your TV. And then he gonna go, and then he'll come back the next day. Matter of fact, he may start coming twice a day. Until you close the window, he's coming in. Whatever the window is in your life, it needs to be closed. Drugs used to be an issue. Alcohol used to be an issue. Pornography or whatever used to be an issue for you. Whatever it is, I don't know, whatever it is, it used to struggle with something. But now you don't struggle with it anymore by the grace of God. Keep that window closed. Put a nail through it if you have to. Because if you continue to open it or if you allow it to be open, guess what the enemy's going to do? He's going to walk himself right into your life and make havoc in your life. And until you close it, that's what's going to happen. He's an instigator, and he doesn't stop until you shut his face up. This is the scouting report, y'all. This is what the enemy does. He won't stop until you stop him. You understand that? It says this, do not give the devil a foothold. You, I promise you this, you give the devil an inch, he's going to take a mile. Oh, it's not too bad. No, it is bad. Well, it's just a little. No, it's not. Stop it. Stop it. I try to, when we're watching TV as a family, I try to keep the remote right here beside me. Because we could be watching a football game or something like that, and sometimes commercials come on, and the commercials are garbage. All right? Advertising garbage. And so... What I have to do, I, I'm like, like I got to keep it like a gun, like a holster. So as soon as a you know, commercial come on, I got to flick the channel sometimes because I don't want to see my kids seeing that garbage. I'm not giving the devil a foothold in their life. I'm not even going to let him get to the window of their life. You understand what I'm saying? Shut the window. Shut the door. Shut him out. If not, he's coming. And when he, he's going to keep coming every day. You guys get that? All right, here we go. He's going to keep going. Next one. We got to go fast now. I'm sorry. We're behind time. He'll identify, misidentify. He'll isolate you. He'll instigate you. And he's also an intimidator. He's intimidating. 
It says this in, in, in 1 Samuel 17. It says this, as he was talking with him, Goliath, the Philistine champion of Gath, stepped from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Keep going. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. That's what the enemy does. Ah, he tries to show it like he's a big man. He'll try to intimidate you. He'll get in your face. That's what he does. That's what Goliath does. I don't mean to step on your new chairs, man. <laughs> so every day, every day, this is what happened for 40 days, twice a day. The children of Israel would line up. They would get on their battle gear. They would, I don't know how long it took to put on all that stuff, but they would put it on. They would run up. They would line up in formation, and they would be chanting something. I don't know, singing Amazing Grace or something. I don't know, whatever. And they're ready to go. They're ready to fight. They're lined up. They're ready to fight. They're ready to fight. And Goliath would just go, rah, and they would all run away like a bunch of little punks. Every day, every Sunday, you say, you know what? I'm going to kick this habit today. Today, God is going to deliver me. Today is the day. Today is the day I'm going to, re- today I'm going to get it. Today, God, you're going to set me free. Today, God, hallelujah. Oh, Durham preached an awesome message. Hallelujah. I'm going home. I'm on, I'm on my way home. Praise God. Everything is great. God, you are awesome. You are awesome, God. You are such an awesome God. You lay down at night and you're about to go, you know, you're about to go to sleep and then the enemy goes, rah, and you run away and you fail again. Stop being intimidated by the enemy. The victory is yours in Jesus Christ. Stand on the promises. Stand on the knowledge that you know that Jesus Christ himself has set you free. Stop being intimidated. He's just making noise. You know what you need to do? Like David, he picked up five smooth stones, right, the Bible says? You need to pick up your five smooth stones. You need to pick up prayer. You need to pick up praise. You need to pick up your spiritual authority. You need to pick up the armor of God. You need to pick up the word of God. And you say, come on, devil, let's get it. You guys understand that? This is what I like. Go to the next one, please. Saul, King Saul, he thought the Goliath was too big to fight. David thought that he was too big to miss. Y'all see that? Intimidate me, please, man. You look at this giant in your life. You look at this, whatever this is in your life. Don't look at it. Oh, no, it's going to kill me. No, they say, you know what? I can't miss. I know. I can do it blindfolded. I mean, pow, bam, I got it. Thank you, God. I'm free. Amen? Amen? We got to go. So now, what do we do? What do we do now that we know this? What do we do now that we know his tactics? What do we do now that we know his tendencies and, 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 and what he does? What do we do now? This is the first thing we do. We have to identify a real enemy. Identify the real enemy. It says this. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? See, David didn't see a giant. He didn't see this guy who had been intimidating. He didn't see this guy who had misidentified him. He saw Goliath for who he was, an uncircumcised Philistine. You are an enemy of the living God. That's who you are. 
I don't see you as some unconquerable thing. I see you as someone who has defied my God. We got issues. Identify the real enemy. He didn't see, he didn't see your former drug addiction, addiction. He doesn't see the broken marriage or the brokenness or the broken that. Identify the real enemy that's behind that. David says this. David said to the Philistine, you come at me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. You come at me with depression. You come at me with loneliness. You come at me with lust. You come at me with addiction. You come at me with whatever. But I'm going to come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Why did he use that name, the Lord of hosts? You know what the Lord of hosts is? That's the kick butt God. The captain of the army, God. We were just singing that song, huh, Link? Angel armies, right? Yeah, there's a leader to that army. His name is Jesus, and he's riding us go. That's who I'm calling on. You may come at me with this. I'm coming at you with the king of kings and lord of lords. I'm coming at you with the kick butt God. You understand? You never heard a God call like that, kick butt God, right? But that's what he does. He kicks the butt of the enemy, man. You understand? Call on him. Call on him. God, I need you to kick this problem's butt right now because it's trying to wear me out. I'm going to wear it out. You understand? Identify your real enemy. Identify who is with you. We don't have time to to go deeply into this, but you know that not everybody's going to be in your corner. Identify who is with you. If these are are going to be your your two partners right here, then know that they're with you all the way. Hey, you be with her. You be with her. Oh, she's getting promoted. She's this, she's that. Oh, no. Derwin calls on her all the time. Great. You be with her and support her. Don't be jealous. Support her in all things. You, and then you do the same to them. Know who is with you, who's fighting with you. David thought he had some people with him, and he didn't. His brothers, even his own, his own brothers didn't go with him. His brother was jealous of him, like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be tending those sheep at home. Go back home. How can I go home when this dude is defying our God? Know who's with you. Not everybody who pats you on the back is saying good job. They're just trying to find a soft spot so they can stab you in it. You understand? Last but not least, identify your fight. I know I got to rush a little bit, my buddy. Identify your fight. Know your fight. Know what you've been called to do. All right, let me read this one verse here. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Something happened to David. Something clicked in his mind. He went to deliver cheese and bread to his brothers, and he saw this a Philistine acting crazy and saying all this crazy stuff, and something clicked. He identified, this is what, I got to do something about this. Identify your fight. Something is going to click in your spirit system and say, you know what? I got to do something about this. This is what I'm to do. It may not be for you. It may not be for you. This is something that I have to do. You got my back, right? That's, that's what you're asking him, right? You got my back, right? Okay, you're going to support me in prayer, right? All right, good. I got to go fight this thing. You understand? Jesus did this. This is pretty cool. Jesus did this. 
Y'all know the story. I won't read it. Y'all know the story when Jesus was a little boy. He was 12 years old. They went to the Passover, him and his family and his mom and dad and everybody. They were on their way back to Nazareth and they left Jesus by accident behind. And when they came back, they found Jesus in the temple with the Pharisees and all the scribes and all those guys sort of schooling him and teaching them stuff. And the mom and dad came back and said, man, what are you doing? You scared us half to death. And Jesus looked at them like, don't you know I have to be about my father's business? I know what I'm here to do and I'm doing it. I know what I'm here to do and I'm doing it. I know my fight. I know the Goliaths that are out there and I'm going to fight them. And the Bible says that his parents did not understand. Guess what? They may not understand. That's okay. You fight your fight. You support her, even though you think she's crazy. <laughs> That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. The enemy will try to misidentify you. He's going to try to isolate you. He's going to try to instigate. Then he's going to try to identify, uh, intimidate you. But that's okay. You know what you can do. You know who you are. You're a child of the king. You've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do great and mighty things for the kingdom and for the glory of God. Be about your father's business. Amen? Amen? You guys get it? Yeah. Is that a pretty good scouting report? Now, what I tell my players, I don't give you the scouting report just for it to sit on your coffee table. <laughs> what use of having this scouting report if you don't get out and do what? Fight. Fight. Amen? Y'all got it? Father, I pray for a bunch of soldiers in this room. Men and women who are committed to serving and honoring you, God, who will battle and fight for you, Lord God. I pray for wisdom and for discernment in the spirit so that they know exactly how the enemy is trying to attack them so that they can turn around and attack the enemy. Lord God, I pray for your grace on their life. You will give them freedom for you have given them freedom. In Jesus' name, I pray for your power to come upon them and to do your work, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.